My name is Professor Rachel Bodell, and you're listening to The Bible in a Year, The Story Podcast, where we encounter a living God that is calling us to live a life from, with, and for Him. This podcast is designed to help you listen to the one connected story of the Bible and understand it perhaps just a little bit better by learning from biblical scholars that have helped me. We will read the Bible out loud and explore how the one connected story of the kingdom of God is unfolding and how we fit into that story today. This is day 164, and I'm reading from the NIV version of the Bible, Isaiah 16 and 17, Joel 1 through 3, and Proverbs 10 verses 21 to 24. Isaiah chapter 16. Send lambs as tribute to the ruler of the land, from Salah across the desert to the Mount of Daughter Zion. Like fluttering birds pushed from the nest, so are the women of Moab at the fords of Arnon. Make up your mind, Moab says. Render a decision. Make your shadow like night at high noon. Hide the fugitives. Do not betray the refugees. Let the Moabite fugitives stay with you. Be their shelter from the destroyer. The oppressor will come to an end, and destruction will cease. The aggressor will vanish from the land. In love, a throne will be established. In faithfulness, a man will sit on it, one from the house of David, one who is judging, seeks justice, and speeds the cause of righteousness. We have heard of Moab's pride. How great is her arrogance! Of her conceit, her pride, and her insolence. But her boasts are empty. Therefore the Moabites wail. They will together for Moab. Lament and grieve for the raising cakes of Ker Haraseth, the fields of Heshbon wither, the vines of Sibma also. The rulers of the nations have trampled down the choicest vines, which once reached Jazer and spread toward the desert. Their shoots spread out and went as far as the sea. So I weep as Jazer weeps from the vines of Sibma, Heshbon, and Eleliah. I drench you with tears, the shouts of joy over your ripened fruit, and over your harvests have been stilled. Joy and gladness are taken away from the orchards. No one sings or shouts in the vineyards. No one treads out wine at the presses, for I have put an end to the shouting. My heart laments for Moab like a harp, my inmost being for Kir Harseth. When Moab appears at her high place, she only wears herself out. When she goes to her shrine to pray, it is to no avail. This is the word the Lord has already spoken concerning Moab. But now the Lord says, within three years as a servant bound by contract could count them, Moab's splendor and all her many people will be despised and her survivors will be very few and feeble. A prophecy against Damascus. See, Damascus will no longer be a city but will become a heap of ruins. The cities of Aurar will be deserted and left to flocks which will lie down. With no one to make them afraid, the fortified city will disappear from Ephraim and royal power from Damascus. The remnant of Aram will be like the glory of the Israelites, declares the Lord Almighty. In that day, the glory of Jacob will fade. The fat of his body will waste away. It will be as when reapers harvest the standing grain, gathering the grain in their arms. And when someone gleans heads of grain in the valley of Raphem, yet some gleaning will remain. And when an olive tree is beaten, leaving two or three olives on the topmost branches, four or five on the fruitful boughs, declares the Lord, the God of Israel. 
In that day, people will look to their Maker and turn their eyes to the Holy One of Israel. They will not look to the altars, the work of their hands, and they will have no regard for the Asherah poles and the incense altars their fingers have made. In that day, their strong cities, which they left because of the Israelites, will be like placed abandoned to thickets and undergrowth, and all will be desolation. You have forgotten God, your Savior. You have not remembered the rock, your fortress. Therefore, though you set out the finest plants and plant imported vines, though on the day you set them out, you make them grow, and on the morning when you plant them, you bring them to bud, yet the harvest will be as nothing, and the day of disease and incurable pain. Woe to the many nations that rage, they rage like the raging sea. Woe to the people who roar, they roar like the roaring of great waters. Although the peoples roar like the roar of surging waters, when he rebukes them, they flee far away." driven before the wind like chafe on the hills, like tumbleweed before a gale, in the evening sudden terror. Before the morning they are gone. This is the portion of those who loot us, the lot of those who plunder us. Joel chapter 1. The word of the Lord that came to Joel, son of Pethiel. Hear this, you elders. Listen, all who live in the land. Has anything like this ever happened in your days or in the days of your ancestors? Tell it to your children and let your children tell it to their children and their children to the next generation. What the locust swarm has left, the great locusts have eaten. What the great locusts have left, the young locusts have eaten. When the young locusts have left, other locusts have eaten. Wake up, you drunkards, and weep. Wail, all you drinkers of wine. Wail because of the new wine, for it has been snatched from your lips. A nation has invaded my land, a mighty army without number. It has the teeth of a lion, the fangs of a lioness. It has laid waste my vines and ruined my fig trees. It has stripped off their bark and thrown it away, leaving their branches white. Mourn like a virgin in sackcloth, grieving for the betrothed of her youth. Grain offerings and drink offerings are cut off from the house of the Lord. The priests are in mourning, those who minister before the Lord. The fields are ruined. The ground is dried up. The grain is destroyed. The new wine is dried up. The olive oil fails. Despair, you farmer. Wail, you vine growers. Grieve for the wheat and the barley, because the harvest of the field is destroyed. The vine is dried up, and the fig tree is withered. The pomegranate, the palm, and the apple tree, all the trees of the field, are dried up. Surely the people's joy is withered away. Put on sackcloth, you priests, and mourn. Wail, you who minister before the altar. Come spend the night in sackcloth, you who minister before my God. For the grain offerings and drink offerings are withheld from the house of your God. Declare a holy fast called a sacred assembly. Summon the elders and all who live in the land to the house of the Lord your God and cry out to the Lord. Alas, for that day, for the day of the Lord is near. It will come like destruction from the Almighty. Has not the food been cut off before our very eyes, joy and gladness from the house of our God? The seeds are shriveled beneath the clods. The storehouses are in ruins. The granaries have been broken down, for the grain has dried up. How the cattle moan, the herd mill about because they have no pasture. Even the flocks of sheep are suffering. To you, Lord, I call, for fire has devoured the pastures in the wilderness, and flames have burned up all the trees of the field. Even the wild animals pant for you. The streams of water have dried up, 
and the fire has devoured the pastures in the wilderness. Blow the trumpet in Zion, sound the alarm on my holy hill. Let all who live in the land tremble, for the day of the Lord is coming. It is close at hand, a day of darkness and gloom, a day of clouds and blackness. Like dawn spreading across the mountains, a large and mighty army comes, such as never was in ancient times, nor ever will be in ages to come. Before them, fire devours. Behind them, a flame blazes. Before them, the land is like the Garden of Eden. Behind them, a desert waste. Nothing escapes them. They have the appearance of horses. They gallop along like cavalry. With a noise like that of chariots, they leap over the mountaintops, like a cracking fire consuming stubble, like a mighty army drawn up for battle. At the sight of them, nations are in anguish. Every face turns pale. They charge like warriors. They scale walls like soldiers. They all march in line, not swerving from their course. They do not jostle each other. Each marches straight ahead. They plunge through defenses without breaking ranks. They rush upon the city. They run along the walls. They climb into the houses like the thieves they enter through the windows. Before them, the earth shakes. The heavens tremble. The sun and moon are darkened, and the stars no longer shine. The Lord thunders at the head of his army. His forces are beyond number, and mighty is the army that obeys his command. The day of the Lord is great. It is dreadful. Who can endure it? Even now, declares the Lord, return to me with all your heart, with fasting and weeping and mourning. Rend your heart and not your garments. Return to the Lord your God, for he is gracious and compassionate slow to anger and abounding in love, and he relents from sending calamity. Who knows he may turn and relent and leave behind a blessing, grain offerings and drink offerings for the Lord your God. Blow the trumpet in Zion, declare a holy fast, call a sacred assembly, gather the people, consecrate the assembly, bring together the elders, gather the children, those nursing at the breast. Let the bridegroom leave his room and the bride her chamber. Let the priests who minister before the Lord weep between the portico and the altar. Let them say, Spare your people, Lord. Do not make your inheritance an object of scorn, a byword among the nations. Why should they say among the peoples, Where is their God? Then the Lord was jealous for his land and took pity on his people. The Lord replied to them, I am sending you grain, new wine and olive oil, enough to satisfy you fully. Never again will I make you an object of scorn to the nations. I will drive the northern horde far from you, pushing it into a parched and barren land. Its eastern ranks will drown in the Dead Sea, and its western ranks in the Mediterranean Sea. And its stench will go up, its smell will rise. Surely he has done great things. Do not be afraid, land of Judah. Be glad and rejoice. Surely the Lord has done great things. Do not be afraid, you wild animals, for the pastures in the wilderness are becoming green. The trees are bearing their fruit. The fig tree and the vine yield their riches. Be glad, people of Zion. Rejoice in the Lord your God, for he has given you the autumn rains. Because he is faithful, he sends you a Abundant showers, both autumn and spring rains. As before, the threshing floors will be filled with grain. The vats will overflow with new wine and oil. I will repay you for the years the locusts have eaten, the great locusts and the young locusts, the other locusts and the locust swarm. My great army that I sent among you. You will have plenty to eat until you are full and you will praise the name of the Lord your God. 
who has worked wonders for you, never again will my people be shamed. Then you will know that I am in Israel, that I am the Lord your God, and that there is no other. Never again will my people be shamed. And afterward, I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your old men will dream dreams. Your young men will see visions. Even on my servants, both men and women, I will pour out my spirit in those days. I will show wonders in the heavens and on the earth, blood and fire and billows of smoke. The sun will be turned to darkness and the moon to blood before the coming of the great and dreadful day of the Lord. And everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. For on Mount Zion and in Jerusalem, there will be deliverance, as the Lord has said, even among the survivors whom the Lord calls. In those days and at that time when I restore the fortunes of Judah and Jerusalem, I will gather all nations and bring them down to the valley of Jehoshaphat. There I will put them on trial for what they did to my inheritance, my people Israel, because they scattered my people among the nations and divided up my land. They cast lots for my people and traded boys for prostitutes. They sold girls for wine to drink. Now what have you against me, Tyre and Sidon and all you regions of Philistia? Are you repaying me for something I have done? If you are paying me back, I will swiftly and speedily return on your own heads what you have done. For you took my silver and my gold and carried off my finest treasures to your temples. You sold the people of Judah and Jerusalem to the Greeks that you might send them far from their homeland. See, I am going to rouse them out of the places to which you sold them, and I will return on your own heads what you have done. I will sell your sons and daughters to the people of Judah, and they will sell them to the Sebians, a nation far away. The Lord has spoken. Proclaim this among the nations. Prepare for war. Rouse the warriors. Let all the fighting men draw near and attack. Beat your plowshares into swords and your pruning hooks into spears. Let the weaklings say, I am strong. Come quickly, all you nations from every side, and assemble there. Bring down your warriors, Lord. Let the nations be roused. Let them advance into the valley of Jehoshaphat, for there I will sit, to judge all the nations on every side. Swing the sickle, for the harvest is ripe. Come, trample the grapes, for the winepress is full, and the vats overflow. So great is their wickedness. Multitudes, multitudes in the valley of decision, for the day of the Lord is near. In the valley of decision, the sun and moon will be darkened and the stars no longer shine. The Lord will roar from Zion and thunder from Jerusalem. The earth and the heavens will tremble, but the Lord will be a refuge for his people, a stronghold for the people of Israel. Then you will know that I, the Lord your God, dwell in Zion, my holy hill. Jerusalem will be my holy. Never again will foreigners invade her. In that day, the mountain will drip new wine and the hills will flow with milk. All the ravines of Judah will run with water. A fountain will flow out of the Lord's house and will water the valley of Acacias. But Egypt will be desolate, Edom a desert waste, because of violence done to the people of Judah, in whose land they shed innocent blood. Judah will be inhabited forever." And Jerusalem through all generations shall I leave their innocent blood unavenged? No, I will not. Proverbs 10, verses 21. The lips of the righteous nourish many, but fools die for the lack of sense. The blessing of the Lord brings wealth without painful toil for it. A fool finds pleasure in wicked schemes, but a person of understanding delights in wisdom. What the wicked dread will overtake them. 
what the righteous desire will be granted. Today we read the book of Joel, a minor prophet. Again, it's considered minor only because it's a small book. We read the whole thing today, just three chapters, but it's a very interesting book. Biblical scholars don't know when it was written, but the prophet Joel references Exodus and many other prophets. And while there aren't specific accusations mentioned against Israel or the naming of any kings that he interacted with, the focus of the poetry, which at times seems puzzling, seems to be on looking back and then looking forward in the bigger story. The focus is on what God is going to do, how he's going to respond, and what's going to be possible. Dr. Mackey describes how chapter 1 looks back to the story of Exodus, but instead of the locusts being against Pharaoh and the Egyptians in this lesson, it is the Israelites, and this response of the prophet is to repent. Chapter 2 looks forward to the coming judgment on Israel and the need to repent. And I love verses 12 through 14 of chapter 2 because it is more than an I'm sorry. It reads, even now, declares the Lord, return to me with all your heart, with fasting and weeping and mourning. Rend your heart and not your garments. Return to the Lord your God, for he is gracious and compassionate, slow to anger and abounding in love, and he relents from sending calamity. Who knows? He may turn and relent and leave behind a blessing. The word rend really captures me. A quick search gives it graphic meaning. Rend means to tear into two or more pieces. It's this intense emotional pain or something piercing and violent. It suggests to me that if we give our hearts to something else and worship, and we can worship almost anything, right? Money, image, status, pleasure, the avoidance of pain. These can all be idols and they have us all bound up, tethered, pursuing them. It will require a strong behavioral force, like a rendering, to redirect our hearts back to Him. But God is inviting us to do just that, inviting us into the story and asking us, even if we've pursued it and fallen away, this is like this reminder to come back. We may feel like it's fasting because we crave what we have chosen to stop worshiping because we know how that feels when we've created a habit or something that we just have all the time and we just crave it. We just want it. And it will feel like a rendering. It may even be something that we cry about and miss, we lament over, but we lean into the fact that God is gracious and compassionate slow to anger and abounding in love. No matter how hard this heart surgery, if you will, might be, he wants it. And deep down, if we make the choice, we want it too. The astonishing thing for me is that the prophet Joel says, God relents from sending calamity and he may turn, just relent. And not only that, but leave a blessing. We're being reminded of God's desire for restoration. And more than that, the prophet Joel reminds us that God will restore the land, the place. So Dr. Mackey describes it as God's reversing judgment and turning it into salvation. God will defeat, and we've been reading the word shake out the invaders, which seem to be characterized in this story as locusts, and turn them over to their own ruin. But God is not only going to bring life back to the land, but bring His divine presence, which is close and accessible for all people. Remember in chapter 2, verses 28 to 32, God's presence was not just the temple, but all people. It's so cool. It's like a clearer 
foreshadowing of the Holy Spirit. This spirit is transformational and empowering. And also mentioned by other prophets, Jeremiah 31, Isaiah 32, and Ezekiel 36. Dr. Mackey describes the last chapter as a future coming of God to confront evil, turning it back on itself, as is also mentioned by other prophets. And last, we are left with this image of a new Eden, the restoration of all creation. This is also mentioned by other prophets. The story of Joel ends with forgiveness, mercy, and a whole new creation. It's this like outpouring river from the temple from God restoring all of creation and us. The prophet Joel is emphasizing God's mercy and hope, his confrontation and transformation of evil in the world, but also in us. It's a powerful message. Pray for me, I'm praying for you. My prayer is this, found in Philippians 1, 9 through 11, that your love may abound more and more in knowledge and depth of insight so that you may be able to discern what is best and may be pure and blameless for the day of Christ, filled with the fruit of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ to the glory and praise of God. What is this fruit? It is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things, there is no law. Galatians 5, 22 through 24. See you tomorrow.